0: Welcome in to the OMR Podcast International. My name is Scott Peterson, and I'm a digital marketing editor at OMR. This week, we are doing something a bit different, something we are calling OMR Refocused. On our flagship blog, OMR.com, we publish original pieces on the latest happenings from around the world of digital business and marketing. And with this format, OMR Refocused, we'll be revisiting a story that we've covered in the past that may have changed or evolved since we published And this week, we are speaking about secondhand fashion app Vinted and the bold strategic move it made last November that its CEO called brand suicide. Since we published our piece, Vinted has since seen its valuation grow steadily, has had a very successful funding round, and has begun expanding to North America. All indicators that Vinted is indeed alive and well. Joining me today is OMR editor Martin Gart, who wrote the original piece, to discuss why Vinted would embark on such a suicidal move, what that move was, and why it appears to have paid off, as well as what smaller-scale sellers can learn from such a bold move. That's all coming up right now in OMR Refocused. I am pleased to be joined by my colleague, OMR editor Martin Gart. Martin, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm, I'm excited. This is a brave new world for us. We're trying something new. Yeah, let's see. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, the listeners will uh, respond favorably. And uh, yeah, let's... Uh, despite, despite my German accent. Oh, come on. Our Omar listeners are notoriously forgiving for <laughs> uh, when it I comes see. to those things. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mentioned it in the intro. Um, we're going to be talking about secondhand fashion platform app Vinted. And one of the reasons – well, there were a couple of reasons actually why I wanted to revisit and refocus on Vinted. Um, One of them is that they were in the news recently. They had a successful round of funding and there's also the fact that the secondhand market has grown and evolved greatly in the past six months since you've published uh, the the piece back in November and we'll get to both of those topics a little bit later. But the main reason that the topic caught my eye and why I wanted to talk about it was the – Sheer audacity and counterintuitiveness of the move at the center of your piece. Uh, you've been at Omar for six years. Can you remember or recall a company that has done such a bold move that the CEO called suicide?
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. It's uh, It was bold in the German market. You have to know that Vinted is operating or was operating at this time uh, all over Europe. And they were mainly called Vinted on all the other markets, but in the German market, they were known as Mami Kreisel for mothers and uh, Kleiderkreisel for everyone else who wanted to sell their own old clothes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you could see why they wanted to do it, but it was still so risky because there were 8.5 million users mm-hmm. on, those, on both of those apps, and they all needed to install the new app. So that's the boldest thing about the move, you know, just calling it a different thing, calling the app a different thing, there's just a new app symbol. That's what people have done before. Right, just reskinning it. They were like channeling both user bases from both apps, MamiKreisel and KleiderKreisel, into a whole new app. And I think that's the boldest part about it.
0: The potential for, for error and uh, churn uh, is one thing, but also for error as far as like just migrating all, all these the data, accounts, all yeah. the data is immense. Um, I spoke to a couple of people that actually went through the process. Apparently, it was super smooth. You just had a couple of apps you just had to log in once and then it was all done automatically. Um, but – uh, yeah, that it's. Uh, was there anything that you pinpointed in your talks with uh, with Thomas uh, Plantenga as far as why they thought that the the, the benefits outweighed the risks? The
1: main part or what every CEO would say first is like, we want to have a single brand. It's important to have a single brand in all our markets. And I can see that point. It's totally valid to make this point. And and I think that was one driver behind it all. But another thing, and, and he was very upfront about it, was that they needed to have this new app experience to like have a sustainable business. They needed to have new revenue channels mm-hmm. that they were trying to uh, to implement at this time. And they wanted to have the users have a new experience in a new app and have this as a as a starting point to tell them,
0: and now you have to pay up for special services. Right, and um, if you have never used Vinted, Vinted does not charge you, uh, doesn't charge a commission on the sales, it doesn't charge you anything to put up an ad, uh, a product on offer, yeah. but they have three main revenue pillars, revenue streams, which are like through ads, which you can like visibility boosts, ads, and then buyer protection. Um, which uh, I think is mandatory now, um, and it's uh, around $0.70 cents, uh, fixed amount and plus an additional 5% of the sale price.
1: So Thomas Platenga, the the CEO of Vinted, he told me that when he started there, the company was dead because they're having fees. So mm-hmm. if you wanted to put something on there, you had to pay a fee. And now it's totally buyer-driven, the main fees. So I think the the main focus is on those protection fees, you know, mm-hmm. so that they are tracking the parcels, they're managing the payment. As a buyer, you're only paying when you tell the app that you got your package, that you got the right products, that everything's mm-hmm. fine. Then the seller is receiving the payment. So all these security measures is, I I think, a very important revenue stream for Winted um, and in the future. And that's why they're making it mandatory, too. That's a totally 180 in strategy to have the main fee uh, on the buyer and not the seller, which they had before. Uh, they're also getting money from the sellers of course in, in ads and uh, and these placement booths. So um, I think it's a it's a, a clever strategy that now
0: really started on the German market with the new app and the new name. All right. and so the migration really uh, uh, began in earnest uh, in November 2020 and they wanted to complete it by 2021. And Plantenga was quoted in your piece as saying that uh, we have two objectives. We want the users to have a better experience, and we want to get the most users into the new app. Um, can you say, as far, have anything to say as far as how successful you think Vinted were in the migration, if there was a notable drop-off in users or any other kind of key performance indicators?
1: It's it's hard to say, you know. Um we looked at, at the data we have from AirNow, uh, which is a service that is estimating mm-hmm. uh, the downloads of apps. For Q1, AirNow estimates that there's 2 million downloads for Android and iOS together of Winted in Germany, which is far less than the 8.5 million users they had on Mami Kreisel and Kleider Kreisel together. But it's an estimate, mm-hmm. and it's still a fine number. It's Q1. So, maybe there's users coming on now. There's mm-hmm. users using vinted before. It's hard to tell. And there there would be a churn, of course. There's so many users and there's so many downloads of apps that uh, don't have any recurring users. So a user downloads the app and then he's gone forever after using it five times. So I think the most important part was getting the hardcore users, the hardcore sellers, the hardcore buyers into the new app. And my feeling is that they've accomplished that for the
0: German market. Okay. Um, and uh, you also mentioned a little bit about the, the German market. There were a couple other players about you and Zalando who both also had a secondhand offering. Um, do you know how the dynamics are a- at the moment between the the three competitors there? Yeah, so you have to say that it
1: is the secondhand market, but Zalando and About You are using a very different approach than Vinted, which is peer to peer kind of a marketplace, uh, Vinted, so a, a person selling to another person. About You and Zalando are still using the middleman strategy where mm-hmm. they buy uh, used clothes and then they sell them on their platforms. And the users have the typical retail experience in buying secondhand clothes. So um, on Vintage, you're on a bazaar kind of. Mm -hmm. You're asking for a different price, maybe a lower price as a buyer. And on uh, Zalando and About You, you just buy the product as you see it. So it's a typical first-hand retail experience. That's a different kind of strategy. So I would uh, compare Vinted, or I think Vinted is uh, is kind of in a competitive field with eBay Kleinanzeigen in mm-hmm. Germany, which is uh, the biggest player, I would think. But there's also a different approach um, because eBay Kleinanzeigen is like the everything shop. So sure. it's um, want
0: ads basically for everything—a a kind of a Craigslist yeah, in Germany. Yeah, the, the
1: Craigslist in Germany, and it's it's really mainly furniture, used furniture, used tech products, old CD players, stuff like that. And um, Thomas, uh, the CEO of, of Vinted, uh, told me that they're really focused on on fashion and and home. So I think in in Germany the the peer to peer uh marketplace for fashion and home is really vintage so they're uh, in first place on that by a wide margin mm-hmm. I think but you can see right now there's there's a movement of more like smaller vintage shops, you know, mm-hmm. going online because of the pandemic. Of course, uh, the shops on the on the corner in the big cities they also had to think about digital strategies. So sure. I think there's a marketplace that's really evolving right now. But as Thomas also said uh, from Vintage, he's he's seeing a, a wide margin for everyone
0: going into the marketplace. So I think there's still place for New players in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was all going on in early, late 2020, early 2021, and uh, we're now early July. um, And Vinted, there's been a lot going on at Vinted. Um, User growth has been steady. Um, They now went from 39 million users to 45 million, so an increase of six. So. Yeah, the math is about one million new users every month. That's not bad. Um, they've uh, also had a couple of other pretty important benchmarks that they have hit, which would indicate that the strategy has at least not been a total failure. No, no. Uh, so I think
1: there's a lot of investors um, believing in the second-hand marketplace right now. So they raised the $303 million. Mm -hmm. There's uh, now a valuation of $4.5 billion. That's a nice number because 45 million users for $4.5 billion valuation. And um, you could think that there is an IPO on the horizon at least. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that would be the next logical step. Because when you grow your users, you need more money to grow even more. So I think that they're still looking for more money to uh, yeah, to have a bigger footprint in, in other markets that they're not as big as right now. So uh, Germany and France are the biggest markets right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's clear that the UK,
0: the US and Canada are big goals. Right. So you mentioned Canada, and I wanted to get to that because uh, in your piece you uh, you actually closed it with uh, with Thomas saying that if they see a great opportunity in the coming six to nine months, a.k.a. right where we are now, that they'd raise some money. And they just had the funding round that we, a Series F funding that got them $303 million. And then within weeks after the funding round, they launched in Canada, which was one of its uh, first major expansions outside of Europe, even though they are based in the U.S. already. Now, do you think that move is a sign of things to come that could be mark a turning point in their strategy with eyes towards conquering the U.S.? Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't call
1: it a turning point because I think uh, that... It was always, I think, the strategy of Thomas that they would like conquer Europe first, you know, Um, their home markets, one country at a time, and then they would make leap um, across. And and I think now is the time with all this fresh money because... There are uh, already some players over there in the US. We're coming to them. There's Depop, which is very uh, well-known or very popular with the Gen Z uh, crowd. So, um, But I think there's still an opening. So they're, they're going there right now. There's still people who are looking for ways to get rid of their old clothes. That's um, a change of mind with a lot of people who are seeing that that fast fashion is not sustainable. So, yeah, buying used clothes is uh, something that's also...
0: It's set to grow quite immensely. Um, Yeah, because I saw something like secondhand fashion, uh, resale fashion, however you'd like to call it, is uh, projected to overtake fast fashion entirely by 2029, which is a big step. And um, the entirety of the circular economy, which is where users are, consumers are both buyers and suppliers of goods and services, is projected as a $5 trillion opportunity. And with that type of money in play, It's not surprising that if you're in the position to capitalize on this opportunity that you would. And there has been a lot of shakeup on the market. You mentioned Depop. They were recently purchased by Etsy in Europe. uh, There was Wallapop, a similar app that has also raised funding. I want to say it was around $500 about six months ago. So there's a lot going on. How would you see the market evolving further from here? from those players who really depend
1: on the market, who really depend on the strategy of peer-to-peer uh, vintage, which is not the classical retailers, which is not Amazon. Um, so all these apps like Vinted and Depop, I think they are now fighting for the foothold on the users to become the main app for fashion resale and i think there's a like a worldwide fight right now to to become this number one app if you want to sell your old clothes and want to buy uh, secondhand clothes from other people mm-hmm. and i think this fight is one with money as in so many other um, areas right now so that's why they're all like um, raising new rounds and um Vinted, uh, the strategy in Germany—you um, can see them using them all over the world. They're really going big on television. Really mm-hmm. going big in uh, with with TV ads. Um, when they started the new brand in Germany, they were all over all the big programming uh, mm-hmm. and, and had their had their ads there. Of course, supported by being on the on the social platforms uh, and having ads there and and out of home too. So, but I say that they want to have their brand known first. You know that everyone in the U.S. is getting to know Vinted as. The, the place to like sell, sell your old clothes and, and buy um, used clothes. And um, we will see if that if that works out in the US, you know. Um, now, uh, Depop, um, originally from the UK, I think, but yep. but very successful in, in the US with the younger audience. But maybe Vinted is trying to get in there. You, you see it with the older, m- mature audiences. I think they're Pretty famous or well well known from users from sixteen, mainly women, sixteen to thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the user they are looking for in the U.S. too, and I can see them maybe winning that with all the money they have now. But in the long run, you have to look at all the other players in the market. You know that there's the About use, the Zelandos, so the typical fashion retailers who mm-hmm. are seeing the market right now. So they're Big competitors, because there's so many people out there who don't want to struggle with talking to another person to like buy a new um, sweatshirt. They want to just buy it, mm-hmm. so they're they're not minding that it's it's used or not used. just right. just buy it, and um, I think there's a chance too. And I think there's a big opportunity on the market for people who are looking for sustainable ways to buy fashion, but. They don't want to have the hassle with um, yeah talking to other people to buy it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And also, you you have to always have to keep in mind that Amazon is still looking at the fashion sector, and they are not very good at it right now. But there's they're always in the background, always lurking. So Amazon always could always horizon. go yep. in the on the on those markets, and. I think there's also other players you have to keep in mind. So there's the fast fashion brands of the world. There's Zara, there's, there's H&M. There's so many revenue on the line when people really get fed up with fast fashion, when re- people really see no sustainable way of buying a shirt for four, four euros or four dollars and, and throwing it away after two months because it got too small uh, washing at one time. So I think they have to look at new opportunities for their own brands. And I think there are also a big chance that the big
0: brands are uh, seeing an opportunity in the second-hand market. I wanted to close um, with kind of relooking, uh, going back, recircling back to the original move. Is there anything that maybe smaller scale players can learn from that with regard to risk calculation, when to take risks? Or is this just given the dynamics that you just laid out with Amazon, with the amount of money that is actually in play, that was something that is only going to be a sound strategy in very specific Situations.
1: What you can learn is that I think that Thomas and this team looked at the market and saw that now is the time to get more money in the company as we saw happen afterwards. And I think he saw it as the chance to do it right now, to make this big leap in Germany, changing the brand, because he knew there was new money coming in to pay for all this, you okay, know. Right. It cost them money, of course. You know, getting the new app working in Germany, they Paid a lot for marketing in this time, you know, to get the brand out in Germany. It was a totally new brand. No one knew what Vinted was in Germany. So they paid a lot. Like it was like starting in a new marketplace for them, getting the new brand out. So um, it cost them a lot of money, but he knew there was new money coming in because there was so much potential in the marketplace. So I think what you can learn on a smaller scale is maybe... When you know or you feel that the market is evolving, that you're in, you feel the chance, there's a big chance right now, I think you can go and take big risks. That's the time to take the big risks. When you see
0: there's a big chance right there, you can take the big risks. All right, well, thank you very much for taking the time, Martin. Uh, I had a lot of fun and- uh, Yeah, me too. Everybody out there, if you want to check out some more of Martin's work, don't forget to visit Omar.com every single day. We have a new article up in yeah. German and English. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks.